Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We are highly attentive to inflation risks and determined to take the measures necessary to restore price stability. The American economy is very strong and well positioned to handle tighter monetary policy. <coughs> to conclude, we understand that our actions affect communities, families, and businesses across the country. Everything we do is in service to our public mission. We at the Fed will do everything we can to achieve our maximum employment and price stability goals. Thank you. I look forward to your questions. First question, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Fed. What are you talking about? That that should have been the, the first question. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, guys? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. You can keep talking about the fundamentals of the economy being strong from now until the end of time. Too much cash, not enough stuff. Gas at $5 a gallon. And people are discussing the fact that this is going to last for years. I'll get into what the Exxon CEO had to say. And Joe Biden being a no-good thug. Oh, I guess the CEOs are a little sensitive. If you want to meet the president who's rude, who's, who's derogatory, who's dismissive, who's demeaning, his name is not spelled Trump, it's spelled Biden. You, you can say both, but you can't just say Trump. No, 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 that dog won't hunt. Meanwhile, the Dow's down 59, the NASDAQ is down just 8. Started way down lower in terms of where the, uh, where the futures were. But if there is indeed commitment on the side of the Fed to do something about inflation, which is the increase of interest rates, well, that's going to make the market feel better. That's going to make them say, okay, the Fed's serious. This is going to be better for markets in the long term. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I'll get into that conversation. We will share that with you. So the economic conversation is a big conversation today. And then, of course, is the conversation about the gun legislation. This gun legislation that, well, does it or does it not do anything? And the answer is, I'm not a fan. Based on the reading that I've done, based on the looking that I've done, I am not a fan. Uh, Guy Relford, Second Amendment attorney, uh, the head of the 2aproject.com will be with us to kind of break it down a little bit more into these pieces about boyfriend loophole, uh, these pieces about red flag laws, and then, of course, the part that has me more bothered than others which is this idea of we're going to look into juvenile records for people trying to buy a firearm under the age of 21. We're going to check your juvenile records. My issue remains that this is a very suspect bit of desire here. You were in a, a troubled teen. Now you're, you're a young adult. And, well, we got to take a look at how troubled you were to determine whether or not you can get a firearm. 
let's make the claim that you were a teen who once stole a wallet from Target. Does that stop you from getting a firearm? You might say no. You were one of these teens who once harmed a cat. Does that uh, stop you from getting a firearm? Maybe. Maybe. Animal cruelty might stop you from getting a firearm. The question before us is, if it's something you did at the age of 14, and now you're the age of 20, you're a very different person. I was a different person at 20. I was a different person, uh, uh, you know, six years after that, at 26. How far back do we go based on your age? Meaning, if at, you're wanting to purchase firearm at 20, we look back at something you did when you were 14 and ask, hmm, is that safe? Is it safe when you're 35 as well? If you did something uh, violent to an animal? At what age are we like, yeah, but they were a kid. If you were a kid at 14, then you, you were still a kid at 14, even if you're 35. Well, you've had much more time to learn. Really? Are we sure about this? It seems to me that the age conversation is remarkably arbitrary. It seems to me that this is a desire to say we did something as opposed to doing anything. And I'm not a fan of that. And I am not a fan of the slippery slope, which I absolutely believe exists. But if you tell me you want to put money towards mental health, great. I just want to know what it's going to do. What does the money towards mental health do except hire more people who make the claim that they're in mental health? I don't think America is suffering from a dearth of social workers. I, I don't see that as the big societal issue. Because as we have seen in Uvalde, and I'll get into this a little bit later as well, in Uvalde, Texas, 19 students murdered, two teachers murdered. They knew this kid was a problem in that town. They knew it. People were afraid of him. He wanted social media fame. These are the reports coming out right now. Who did what? Who did what? They just hoped for the best? Did they have any inkling whatsoever at any moment that this 18-year-old was thinking about harming a school or harming students? What is it that a, a society should do at that moment? Well, Tony, that's why we need red flag laws. You're not getting the argument from me on that. If this was the case, it's that it gets utilized in almost a retributive fashion against people who've done nothing wrong. Red flag laws are when a, you can be adjudicated mentally unfit and have your Second Amendment rights taken from you. But as we've pointed out here on this program, we've heard Cam Edwards of BearingArms.com explain, they take your gun, they don't take your knives. They take your gun, they don't take your car. They take your gun, they don't take your matches in a gas can. Somebody who wants to do harm wants to do harm. But they don't take the other things. They take your firearm and then say, oh, well, I guess we're done here. And they walk away. So mental health services, what does that mean? 
red flag laws. How does that connect with mental health services? And the red flag laws that they want, they're trying to encourage the states to engage red flag laws. Well, there's a carrot in there, I assume, a whole bunch of money. Is there a stick? Is there something else that gets engaged? Now, these aren't the only two stories going on in America, but they are big ones. Our financial future and the idea of our rights. Man, that's that's some heavy stuff right there, boys and girls. And this is only the tip of the iceberg. Because we have other bits of madness. Like, for example, so-called feminists telling young women in sports, why don't you just lay back and take it and shut your mouth? Because after all, being inclusive is more important than what you do. That's the story of Megan Rapinoe. That story is coming up. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. never bothered me when the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team said, hey, we we are in basically the same competition. We draw the fans. We draw sponsors. We should get paid the same. It never bothered me whatsoever that you didn't approach it rationally, in my view. I didn't like the approach, and certainly I'm no fan of Megan Rapinoe. I'm going to take a knee, America is this, that, and the other. Stop it. America is so bigoted that you were able to play the sport you want to play and became a star and became wealthy about it. That's, That's who you are. That, that you were able to live your life exactly as you see fit, exactly as you want to, that you are a gay woman and never once had a government say you shouldn't be allowed to exist. Never once. Yet you hate the country that provides all of that opportunity. It's a very weird move. And let me say clearly, if I haven't said it already, I do not find any part of Megan Rapino brave at all. I do find Megan Rapino despicable. The story comes out of Time magazine. An interview she did where she discusses how she supports 100% trans inclusion. I'm 100% supportive of trans inclusion. She means boys should be able to say they're girls and then participate in in girl sports and tell those girls to just lay back and take it. That's what Megan Rapinoe is saying. I would say it to her face. This is what she's saying, even if she's unaware that this is what she's saying. She is quoted, as the reporting goes, 
by saying, frankly, I think what a lot of people know is versions of the right's talking points because they're very loud, they're very consistent, they're very relentless. The problem is the political right? No, no, no. The problem is, for example, here is a school in New Jersey where this sign was seen. If your parents aren't accepting of your identity, I'm your mom now. Hashtag free mom hugs. It's not a political right talking point to note that there are teachers out there trying to usurp the role of the parents and trying to keep kids uh, from their parents and cleave kids away from their parents. So when the term groomer comes up, this is the kind of thing they're talking about. This is exactly what they're talking about. And it's a shame because not all teachers are like this, but the teachers get painted with the big, broad brush. I would rather that wasn't the case. But no teacher should allow this on anybody's classroom door. No other teacher could say this. This is radical. This is disgusting. Parents are parents, and teachers are teachers. And parents come first. Teachers are not parents. Now, there have been times where teachers have been role models to kids more than their parents, but it has to do with individual parents. But the first rule is that the parents are in charge, and a teacher should never be looking to usurp the parent because that's somebody who shouldn't be allowed, chil- allowed near children. A teacher who puts up a sign like this should have their uh, teaching credentials revoked and they shouldn't be allowed near kids. They should have to be on a list and should have to introduce themselves to their neighbors. Hi, my, my name is, uh, we'll give the teacher a name. Hi, my name is Ari. And, uh, and I try to uh, steal kids away from their parents. I live down the street. Next door, next house. Knock, knock, knock. Hi, my name is Ari. Uh, I, I try to steal kids away uh, from from their parents. I live down the street. Next door. That's my knocking sound. I realized I could make a knocking sound. Hi, my name is Ari. And go down the list. The whole neighborhood. That's what we should do to teachers who do these kinds of things. Megan Rapino takes a different tact. That it's all because of the political right that boys who say they're girls can't participate. It's ridiculous to think that they have some unfair advantage. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't even consider the unfair advantage. I would also encourage everyone out there who is afraid someone's going to have an unfair advantage over their kid to really take a step back and think what we are actually talking about here. Okay, I've taken the step back. And what we're talking about is girls in sports who want to compete at the highest level for girls in sports and are told that there is a boy out there who is physically stronger and physically faster because boys are faster than girls in the main. And uh, they now have to take a back seat because this boy decided they're a girl. They made a decision and now these other kids have to suffer. And when they're like, wait, this isn't fair, you call them bigots and hateful. I've taken a step back and and I understand what we're talking about here. But Megan Rapinoe says... We're talking about people's lives. I'm sorry, your kid's high school volleyball team just isn't that important. It's not more important than any one kid's life. That's how much Megan Rapino hates you. And young women who used to think of her as a role model, she's not a role model. Megan Rapino hates you.
for her. She's fighting for equality. For you, lay back and take it. She doesn't give a damn if you get that scholarship. She doesn't care as long as she can show how good and decent she are. She is. She's going to show you how good and decent she is and people like her are if you would just lay back and take it. Maybe if you'd stop complaining, we'd have a better world. Maybe if you'd just shut up with your suffering, we'd have a better world. And then she says something truly awful. She states the idea that somehow kids who are not allowed to compete, their lives are on the line. Now, this ties in with an interesting story. I've got it right here. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline changed their their number. I, I didn't know this. So now it, it used to be 1-800-273-8255, which I'm assuming you could still call. But according to this, it's going to get shortened to 988, like 911. You dial 988. And and I, 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 I talk about this often because of my own issues with depression and, and, and being suicidal. And I never made uh, that phone call, but but other people may feel the need to. Do it. My gosh, do it. You're worth it. Absolutely do it. 1-800-273-8255. Um, and then uh, the the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is going to soon be shortened to 988. I don't know when that goes into effect, though. If you talk about kids who are asking themselves questions, and you say to me, well, if you don't let this boy decide he's a girl, uh, more likely uh, to commit suicide, no, 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 no. That all comes from within. It isn't what other people are like. It's how you are dealing with it. And to say otherwise, that these young girls in sports, now you have to step aside for a boy. Otherwise, they'll commit suicide and it's your fault, which is what Megan Rapino and others are saying. Is so despicable and so awful and so hateful and so violent. Who would ever look up to Megan Rapino? This hateful, hateful woman. People who are suicidal comes from within. It does. They have to find their way to a purpose and some clarity and a feel about themselves. And that goes for, well, all of us. Megan Rapino really doesn't care about women in sports at all, except her. She's done very well for herself, and after all, she's the only one that matters to her. This is Tony Katz today. So Broadway made an announcement. And the announcement is that masks are now optional for the month of July. And supposedly people are going absolutely out of their minds. New York has still required, or Broadway has still required, people who go to a show to wear masks. Radically. Saying that somehow this is going to protect people. You've had performers screaming at people in the crowds. In the theater, how dare you not wear a mask? Cursing at them. It is 
clear that there are some people who are desperate to live in fear. They want not only to be masked themselves, they want you to live in their fear. It's really remarkable to see people still so angry. They're doing, they're doing the right thing here. This is the, the only smart policy that could possibly be there. Let people wear a mask if they want to. But people are mad at the Broadway at, at Broadway. I will absolutely cancel my upcoming shows. Thanks for the heads up. Good time for me to stop seeing Broadway shows during the summer. Man. They want to live in fear and they want you to live in fear. And they are most angry when you don't live in fear. They hate it when you don't think like they do. I have got a lot to get to. We are far from done. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.